This is the Andres Segovia Show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Andres Segovia Show. And depending on when you watch this, it is perhaps the last episode of 2023. So if you've been with me all year long, thank you so much for your support. Um, I actually was just doing some maintenance on my website a moment ago when uh, I was just reminiscing on a few articles from very early on in my podcast that uh, I debunked back then because there was this Babylon Bee thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Babylon Bee. Sometimes they get some of the jokes wrong, but there was this one about um, the real estate agents. And I might overlay it here because I have it on my notes, but it said, uh, now is the best time to buy, says the realtor who makes money off you buying a property or makes commission off you buying a property. Oh, yeah, hilarious. You know, I laughed too. I even made a tweet about that. But the, the fact of the matter is I just did an episode about that very subject. And every beginning of the year, that's the topic that I cover. Is now the right time to buy? And people are always stunned when I give them the same answer, up economy or down economy. If you're ready, able, and willing, that's the time. And I had a great conversation with John Kassman from Kassman Capital, a group that I recommend you check out. It's my last interview of the year. Something else, though, that came up is that it's interesting how some articles are coming out saying that now is a time to buy when these same folks were saying when you should have bought, really, when you had the ability to do so with the interest rates being all time low, they were saying, don't buy. It's an awful time to buy. So that's why I like, oh, my goodness, these articles. And these were very early on in 2019. It's already talking about a housing bubble and all that stuff. And you know, there's always the doom and gloomers. Uh, always the predictions of this is that's going to happen. So the question is, who's looking after you? Who's interested in you? Are you able to make an investment for yourself and your family into growing? That's hey, that's my part of my mission uh, and what I do. So that is what I wanted to share with you all as we're uh, coming to the end of the year. And I have an article here that I want to react because it might just change the way the entire industry works because of this big lawsuit coming out of Missouri against the National Association of Realtors. So I haven't read the article yet. This one was an opinion piece by the president of the NAR um, that I'll get to. But remember, anything that I reference here, whether you're watching here on the video platforms or listening to the podcast, the show notes at www.theinterstegovia.com contain all the references that I'll be making, including this article, including some of the previous episodes that I mentioned, including upcoming content that I'm repurposing, should be linked back in the show notes. So check that out. Okay, without further ado, this is an article from the USA Today, dated December 17th. I am reading this on December 19th. Uh, I did get the email about it, but I didn't have a chance to look at this until now. So um, I want to read this uh, article by Tracy Casper. <clears throat> it is an opinion piece, so that means it's someone just publishing on USA Today. It's not USA Today making those claims. But this one's coming from the National Association of Realtors, which is something that affects um, my industry directly, I, as of this publication, I am not a realtor. I am a licensed real estate broker. And because I mentioned that, I got to tell you that my license number here in California is 01909449. So here with respects to this article, the title is buying a house. Don't do it alone. A real estate agent can make all the difference. This actually reminds me of the episode that I did for my show called, um, the importance of a real estate, uh, broker. Which is which is important, um, and I'm glad they they mentioned it this way because normally when people think realtor, they think that that's the real estate agent. You can be a real estate agent and not be a realtor. Realtor is just quite literally a trademark 
that you have to buy into through union dues uh, and borrow it from the National Association of Realtors. You can't use it without their permission. So you have to end up joining a local chapter group for the union, the state that you're involved in, and at the national level. And the national level is the one that sets the rules and the bylines, that uh, the code of conduct for every agent to follow. And it's because some of the controversial changes they made back in November 2020 for why I ended up leaving the Association of Realtors. Um, and those that are outside of the Association of Realtors have found it really difficult to be able to do any of our work because of how um, it is perceived to be a cartel with the NAR in the way they um, they control the flow of information through what is called the multi-listing service or better known as the MLS. And I have a feeling that the lawsuit is re related to not just that, because there's always lawsuits about that that even the Department of Justice had to get involved in, but also with respect to the commission fee that is charged by Realtors. So let's get into this, shall we? Uh, most Americans turn to real estate agents when buying or selling a home because we provide a critical service, information, and counsel. That's the byline. Okay, article says, <clears throat> in October, eight jurors in the Missouri court were led to believe that the way real estate agents have been uh, compensated amounts to a conspiracy to violate antitrust laws. The jury's verdict rests on the shakiest of legal grounds, but has led to misrepresentation about the real estate industry and what its future holds. Plaintiff's attorneys, who stand to profit richly, should the verdict stand, have filed new lawsuits claiming that our profession involves a concerted effort to overcharge Americans looking to buy and sell their homes. This could not be further from the truth. Now, again, I mentioned that I'm no longer a realtor. I must say that so far, I agree with the take. You might not agree with it if you're on the other side of the transaction. Um, I'll, I actually have done an episode as to how the financial compensation structure works for brokers. Uh, I'll be leaving a link to that in case I don't have time to get all into that right now. But let's keep reading. The compensation structure plaintiff's lawyers would like to dismantle, one in which listing brokers offer compensation to buyer brokers for finding a buyer, promotes Consumer choice encourages market co uh, competition and boasts access to homeownership. On a multifamily listing service, MLS platforms, sellers can have their homes seen by more buyers, ensure they have the best offer and sell it for the best price. See, now that's what people have a concern about, the MLS platform, because that's what uh, NAR has been accused of acting like a cartel, quite literally, because they control all this flow of information. Now, you might think, well, there's a, there's Zillow, there's Trulia, which I believe is the same company. Um, there's Redfin, uh, there's Realtor.com, which is directly from NAR. But there are other uh, different uh, websites that show house listings. Well, guess where they get all that information from? They get it from the MLS. And the MLS, they work in different local chapters. So it's not like... Um, it's a one national multi-listing service. They're actually very regional. And as an agent who pays union dues, uh, you might only have access to a certain region. And I'm talking about county. Uh, it could be countywide. It could be city specific. These regions can be limited to just that area. And an agent paying into the MLS doesn't have access to those other ones. They have to pay for the access to those other MLS to be able to access those properties. And for those of us here in, in Southern California, it has been that big of a challenge because of the situation that we find ourselves in where our buyers that want to be able to live 
near where they work are not being able to find that and they have to drive further out and sometimes driving further out takes the agent out of the equation that they will that they were probably working with because they don't have access to the mls that doesn't mean they can't get it they could there's just more things or hurdles to overcome but by that point that's why some of the buyers turn to a so-called region expert or like a neighborhood expert in that area and Sometimes those happens. That's how you lose uh, agents. I mean, sometimes you lose clients. I I have, for example, when people have moved out an hour out of the city from the area that I was serving, and I don't blame them. So that's what happens. So anyway, um, a lot of the information comes from the MLS. It's placed on public places. And you might be thinking, well, if it's already on Zillow, why does it matter if it's in the MLS? Because the MLS has all the data. And for us in the brokerage side, we can see all that data that's very important because those are what are called private notes that we exchange among one another. So we have an idea. So when we have clients that tell us, well, I found this house, can we check this one out? And then I scout it out based on what I see on the MLS when I was a realtor. And when I would see like, hey, um, this is actually not qualified for you and what you want. It's like, why? Because of XYZ reasons. So that's what we are able to see that we can't see through like a Zillow. Let's continue. Buyers, whether experienced purchasers or first-time owners, benefit from professional professional representation as well. For lower and middle-income buyers in particular, saving for a down payment can be difficult and a daunting prospect of buying a house will, for many, be the most significant and complex purchase of their lives. For these buyers, adding broker compensation on top of the closing costs would push the dream of homeownership even further out of reach. This especially would be true for veteran home buyers because VA loans prohibit them from paying buyer broker's fees. Realistic commissions are negotiable. It's important to understand that the National Association of Realtors rules do not require any particular amount or type of compensation. Compensation is negotiable between the agents and their clients. It can be a percentage, a fixed or hourly rate or any other arrangements. NAR also does not set commission amounts contrary to the false claims of those mischaracterizing our industry it is up to the listing broker and their client how much compensation to offer a buyer broker and they are free to offer any amount and that's true um it's not set in stone one thing that you'll see perhaps a lot if the, if it's a very competitive seller's market seller's market then you'll see interest uh, interest rates, commission fees probably uh, be more aggressively lower if there's a lot more agents competing for your business, like, you know, I'll do all that for less than the other guy is charging and no one pays anything up front. That's all paid through proceeds at the close of escrows to the brokerage offices, not to the individual, because then the brokerage issues a payroll check to then the, the broker slash sales agent. So those things are true. And in some cases, you some of you that are dealing with uh, the luxury housing and all that, you probably see like commission fees of 1%, 2%, depending on it. And in some cases, if you're having to stage the property, if you're having to do all these luxury brokerage um, open houses where you're just inviting brokers to come out here so they can eventually bring their buyers, it's a ton of money that's shelled out and all that's coming out of pocket from the agent and hopefully to be compensated at the close of escrow when the property sells. So guess what happens? This agent doesn't sell the property or the seller fires them for XYZ reason. They don't get the money, hence commission. So those are things to, to keep in mind there. Uh, there's another deeper truth that plaintiff's attorneys and their proxies choose to ignore. 
Far from harming consumers, realtors are, fund, uh, are foundational to our communities and deliver value across America. I know this not only as a proud president of NAR, but also from personal experience. As a young, at a young age, I saw firsthand the difference that real estate agents can make in helping families reach financial stability. I was raised by a single mother who moved me and my three siblings 18 times before I was 10 years old. Wow. We were living in a small rental when my mom told us she saved she had saved money and had been working with a real estate agent to find a home she could afford. I remember the sense of security I felt the first time I walked into that home. And I know that our agent, who owned her own small business in, in Caldwell, Idaho, and who celebrated with my family when we crossed that threshold for the first time, made it possible. My story is far from the only one. Amen. It's true. It's a personal story. Let's keep going. Realtors are hardworking business owners who on average make less than 60000 a year and work every day to serve our clients, while plaintiff's attorneys argue our profession is obsolete. Most Americans turn to real estate agents when buying or selling a home because we provide critical services, information, and counsel. Okay. Um, before jumping to the next side, do you, do you need a realtor to buy a home? How real estate agents can uh, help consumers uh, navigate? Let me just see how much. Oh, it's almost done. Okay. So before jumping to the next point, it, it makes a great point here about um, uh, agents that are working. I can tell you, unless you are dealing with multiple transactions um, and closing them a month, every agent I know, broker, otherwise, unless they're in management, they have another job. It's not just real estate. Real estate's on top of what they do. Yours truly has real estate as a second income. It's not my main income. I deal in construction and uh, also property management. So it's not always about the sales and the sales side of things. Um, not to mention that I do this because I just love talking into the camera and being able to inform people. And whenever it comes to the side of, of real estate, to be able to see the transition from, for example, renters becoming homeowners, living their dream. I, I consulted several friends this year that were not in my area on what to do and how to be able to do it so they can get the, the uh, you know, that the, the confidence to be able to do it. And guess what they did? I couldn't be happier for them. It was, they, they were able to become homeowners this year in all years. Babylon Beat said, oh, mocking that the agent that says that now's the right time to buy gets paid from you being able to buy. Well, I didn't get paid from these people buying. They were my friends. They ended up buying and they're so happy. Ready, able, and willing, folks. That's a big deal. Now, with respects to, uh, do you need a realtor to buy a home? Let's see how they close this out, and then I'll add my own thing here. Uh, we help buyers and sellers navigate a maze of forms and complex paperwork, coordinate with lenders, inspectors, and agents, other agents, escrow companies, title companies, appraiser, and other professionals, and ensure that our clients' interests are represented in pricing, negotiation, and closing. We also help clients interpret the information they find on online or elsewhere. NAR always welcomes thoughtful debate about the future of real estate, but we will not remain silent in the face of an onslaught of disinformation designed to undermine the women and men in this profession. Realtors across the country will continue to serve our clients every day and help make homeownership a reality for the next generation of Americans seeking the opportunity it provides. This is by Tracy Casper, the 2024 president of the National Association of Realtors. Um, she is also the broker owner of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty in Boise Valley, and a majority owner in two other Idaho real estate companies. Now, I think that's a, actually a pretty good piece that she wrote here. And just to close that all off here, you've seen this for sale by owner stuff. Um, I wish it were that easy. 
I've had I've dealt with buyers who thought they did all their homework, that knew it all. They were telling me how to do my job, um, only for them to realize how little they knew nothing. It was like, like I had to step in and say, "All right, look, this, this is this and that." And then when they're looking over, it's like, "Okay, what is that? How do we do this? How do we proceed?" And this and that. These things do happen. And when you're dealing with multiple parties, you want someone that's on your side, and it's our fiduciary duty to represent you and your interest and protect them at all costs. That's the oath that we take when we get our license, when we join up and we're held accountable by associations of realtors. I'm not saying that there's no place for them because I'm not there anymore. I just happen to have a major disagreement with how they're conducting what is called the code of ethics with respect to hate speech. That's one of the things that I've had issues with and I talked about it. I might reference it in the show notes. Uh, check it out for yourself if I do or don't. Um, but it's if it were as easy as just buying a property and you're having to deal with a title company, find out what it means to be dealing with an escrow, find out what it means to be dealing with mellow rules if you live in a special tax area and understanding what all that means, what it means to get all these um, hazard reports that you need, depending on what area you find yourself in. Are you classified to be in an earthquake zone, in a flooding zone, in a wildfire zone? Are, are you in any of these zones? Where do you turn to to find this information? Not to mention the lending side. That's a whole other story. And that's why everybody in their respective fields need to have their licenses. And as a broker, we're responsible to have some knowledge of what all of them are doing, even if it's not what we are supposed to do. And if you want to know just how crazy things can be, and I coincidentally over the weekend, um, a friend of mine called me telling me, he's like, hey, man, I was tuning into your uh, to your short sell uh, transaction nightmare series, which is a three part series that I replay every October. Um, because it's a transaction that almost killed me. They're like, dude, I can't believe you did all that. We're just talking the other night again because um, you just couldn't believe how it all went down. I'm going to leave that link down below because that just gives you an idea of what you have to, to navigate. And in that situation, I actually went into it as a favor to a friend. I even charged less or negotiated down my, um, my commission for the, my brokerage. And it wasn't worth it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Um, I'm only seeing it through because I said I would. But other than that, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And then when uh, my managing broker, who's above me, I'm a broker, but I, I'm, an, I'm a broker associate. There's a manager above me. When he got, when all this was said and done, it's like, you do realize that on the short sell, you never go below that number uh, for the commission fee because of the headaches you're going to answer. It's like, yeah, I know now to probably not, but hey, it was a way to get the bank to the table to uh, to have a conversation, to be able to help these people that were losing their property. And it worked. I got the bank to the table. And so I did what I had to do, um, even if it came at the expense of maybe letting go of some funds. You know, Not everybody might approach it that way, but I did because I knew what I was getting into with respects to, hey, let me see if I can get all these people that don't want to talk or work with one another to come and work with one another for an end goal of just ending this transaction. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so just uh, letting you know that that kind of stuff that uh, that does happen. But you want an idea how it all goes down. I'm going to be leaving links to my short sale transaction nightmare. Um, and I'll probably be doing the VA one, too, because that's a very similar experience. But on top of that, um, also leaving the, the post that I did about the importance of a real estate broker and how all the things go down on how all that operates. But anyway, 
I think I've gone way longer than I expected. Thank you so very much for being a part of the Andres Segovia show for the year 2023 as I record this. What will 2024 hold? We'll, let's find out together. Thank you so much. Follow me across the socials at the Andres Segovia. Remember, you can use discount code the Andres Segovia at rangercandycoffeecompany.com so you can get free shipping on your order. And that's what I'm drinking right now. If you missed out my limited edition roast, um, stay tuned because hopefully the next round will be coming soon. That's where I'll leave it. Happy New Year to you all. I think I said all your consoles, right? Yeah, I think I did. That means I'll see you on the next one. Happy New Year, everybody.